This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. And uh, yes, welcome to The Glow Show. Uh, Tonight uh, on our show, we are having a little bit of a sombre episode. We will be reflecting and discussing the incident out on Burke Street last Friday the 9th and hopefully providing you with some reassurance and some understanding of what went down last Friday. Now, you'll probably notice that uh, last Monday's episode of The Glow Show, Gabby and I were traditionally in on Murphy's Law to promote the show. Uh, Unfortunately, on that afternoon, we were both very busy sorting out what to do with reference to the incident that happened uh, a few days before and things were a little bit tense and we weren't over all the details at that stage. So Gabby and I were a little uh, concerned on how we should run Monday's episode. We were desperate to obviously talk about it and get some information out there. But given the early stages of the show, we elected to go with what was normally planned, which was transit police. But now a week has passed. We... Uh, are happy and we have more information at hand and I think it's time that we address the issue. Gabby, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Will. First of all, a little bit of a brief rundown of what transpired uh, last Friday the 9th in Burke Street. Yeah, well, an incident, most people would be aware of what happened. It, it An incident happened just shortly after 4pm on Friday the 9th of November where an individual has, well, we might get Beck to explain. Beck's in the in the um studio with us. Hi, Will. Beck, welcome back to The Glow Show. But I want to make it clear. Hi, Beck. Hi. Thanks for have, coming in for it too. Thanks for with having us. me once again. We just want to make it clear that, first of all, a crime was committed and it was an act of terrorism. We've identified that. And we also want to make it clear that we don't have any information or intelligence to say that there's an increased risk of something happening again. And the reason why we have increased police presence within the CBD and in particular the Burke Street area is to make sure that people feel safe. We're not there because we believe something else is going to happen. We're there because we want to reassure the people in the street that the area is safe. You can talk to the police. We're there to just make sure people feel comfortable being in the area. What I um, one of the first things that, that came to my mind when uh, the events were unfolding, uh, I became aware of the location. It was right outside our Joy Studio building. Mm. Uh, obviously, my first thought was to make sure my fellow volunteers were safe and accounted for. Uh, I knew who would be here on a Friday afternoon. I quickly mm. ascertained that uh, everyone was okay. Second thought that I had was. Is was this an attack on joy? And I think there's a lot of volunteers, a lot of members out there, and the greater community probably would ask that as the first question. Mm. It it was frightening the fact that it happened right outside the joy building in mm. Burke Street. But we can reassure you that the that the individual who committed the assaults um, and had the the vehicle that was set on fire 
It was not a target on Joy. It had nothing to do with Joy. It just happened to be in this location because because this was an area of Burke Street that would have had a lot of people at that, that time of the day and it was an area that that individual could get into fairly easily. So we can confidently say that it was a sheer coincidence of, absolutely. The, of the location. Yep, you can yeah. absolutely tell everyone not to fear it wasn't a targeted attack on Joy or the LGBTI community. Mm. But Beck is here. Yep. Hello, Beck Lawther, who's usually here for our traffic management unit. Traffic, traffic show. management unit. Oh, the geez, old days. Gabby, you're taking me back to 2009. <laughs> I think that was the last time we were the TMU Highway Patrol. But yes, Highway I'm here Patrol. to help. I guess as a frontline member who went to the job on the day. So you can give us maybe a bit some of a clarification yeah, around a few points. I guess so a brief rundown on what happened. Well, we were given the job initially as a car fire. Mm. So that's the the triple zero calls came through as is a car on fire. So we were given the job as Highway Patrol under the presumption perhaps it was a collision with a person, possibly a person trapped. So that's how police responded. And then of course it it escalated quite quickly from there. So we never know what the job is until uh, hindsight, obviously. Nobody knows it's an act of terrorism at the time. Nobody knows exactly what the circumstances of everything was at the time. And obviously the police members that from transit that attended uh, just happened to be there at the time responded um, exactly how, how we're trained and did um, an excellent job of dealing with that threat immediately. Yeah, and our chief commissioner has commended their actions. Oh, absolutely. It's that, um, the, the, the young member who's only four months out of the academy did exactly what he was trained to do. And, um, you know, he even after he fired the shot, he went immediately to render first aid to one of the victims and then jumped in the ambulance with him. So... You know, that's completely heroic as far as I'm concerned. He's done his job above and beyond, not, you know, just focused on on doing what he had to do. On the note of those police officers that attended the situation firsthand, Mm. uh, my first thought is how are they going? Does anyone know that they're They're going well? As far as I know, they're going well. I don't have have direct contact with Mm -hmm. either of them. They don't work in my department. But um, from what has been conveyed through command, they're doing they're doing quite well. Excellent. And we have a lot of um, support for them. So any Absolutely. individual involved in a major incident um, is always provided with welfare and support. So they would be receiving everything that they would need at this time. Definitely. And so on on the day, so there was the car fire mm-hmm. and then the individual has come out and attempted to stab numerous people and did in fact stab a yeah, couple of that's right. victims. Completely untargeted as well. So we were talking before about joy perhaps being a, a, a target. The the people that were involved were not targeted individuals. They just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, so that's also something people need to keep in mind is that no nobody was, you know, specifically um, you know, targeted. They they just unfortunately like Cisco was going to help, mm. saw the car fire and was going to help. Um, and, uh, it's what we would classify as a lone wolf act. So it's a person or an individual acting on their own and, and not necessarily in consultation with a group of other people. So, um, although there's been some alignment to, you know, international, um, terrorism groups, he was acting on his own. And I guess what people need to remember is that his one act can't, change your everyday life it really can't people need to continue doing exactly what they were doing before and 
I don't want to draw correlations between other unfortunate disasters and incidents, but you can't predict these things sometimes. Um, and we do our very, very best with counterterrorism intelligence and all that sort of thing. But we need to, as a community, um, continue doing what, what we need to do um, so that they don't win. I guess. Yeah, and we've spoken to a number of businesses in the in the area where it happened, and what we're being told is that businesses fall in up to po- approximately twenty percent. They're mm. down in, mm. in um, business, so we want to make sure people come back to the area. If anything, it's safer than it's ever been in this area. We've got increased patrols. Yeah. So the the operation reassurance or millennial it has been ongoing actually since um, the first Burke Street tragedy. Um, we have had a massive increase of police presence who are rostered on specifically for this job. So that, you know, can also um, explain the immediate and quick response of so many police office, officers on the 9th of uh, November because our city is soaked with police at the moment. So, And you were one of those and first responders. And I was one of those first responders. So I think you need to remember that we are there and we're not there to frighten anybody. We're there to to remind people and perhaps be a deterrent for anybody else that wants to try um, those sort of uh, actions, that we're there immediately and we will react immediately how we're trained to do to to stop a threat. And we know that if those first responders, those two police officers that attended within a minute or, or two of the mm-hmm. incident starting, mm. um, they saved so many lives. We can't, we can't know how many lives they saved saved by being there so quickly because once they arrived he targeted them not anybody else yeah that's exactly right and I think um I think that in itself being able to redirect his attention to the police which is what our job is unfortunately is to turn into a visible target Mm. Um, but we're trained to deal with that sort of thing and, and we did deal with it so don't come into the city and see police and think that something else is about to happen this the whole purpose of us being around and visible is for reassurance. And if you've got any questions about why we're around, come and come and talk to us. Come and have a chat, and we'll let you know exactly the same thing. I'm so proud of of the police officers that were there. I'd finished for the day and had, had left the city, but you could see from all the videos that have been uploaded and are online that anyone can look at. You can see our training coming mm. into action. They mm. were doing everything that we've been told to do. We try to de-escalate a situation. Definitely. First with verbal communication. And if that doesn't work, we try different types of equipment that mm. are non-lethal. So yeah. the capsicum spray, the baton, they were doing all those things. Yeah. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with a with a active armed defender who's got an edged weapon, we're a little bit limited with what sort of action we can take. The baton is pretty much out. You know, mm. we did have, we were using our batons, but we need to create distance. Um, spray can be uh, ineffective, especially with somebody that's hyped up on adrenaline. It doesn't stop people. But the way that we're trained is uh, knife equals gun. You exactly. Don't, you don't bring a spoon to a knife fight. That's right. Knife equals gun, and we're trained to, to fire on the center of body mass for numerous reasons, um, but the main reason is it's unlikely that we will miss a target that's so much bigger than trying to aim for a smaller part of the body. Now, you have to remember how many people were around at that point and the chance for crossfire or for missing and then hitting you know, an unfortunate uh, civilian is quite high. So you just have to... that. Exactly what happened is exactly what how we were trained, and he did it perfectly, and I'm very proud of him. Yeah. And our role is for community safety, to keep the community safe. Yeah. And so ultimately that was what was done by the police on that day. Yeah. We had to 
to take lethal action mm-hmm. to make sure no one else was injured or became a victim of this person. It's about stopping the threat. Sometimes, um, you know, you don't uh, necessarily uh, die from gunshot wounds. Unfortunately, it is a lethal weapon, though, and that's this is what happens. But um, in the circumstances of exactly what had happened on that day, everything was done. It was a perfect example of our training. No, fascinating stuff. Uh, you're listening to The Glow Show. We're talking more about the Burke Street incident after the break. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. And you're back with this special episode of The Glow Show where we're talking about the incident that happened in Burke Street just outside the Joy Studios on the 9th of November, so just over a week ago. Now, Beck and Gabby, there's one thing that I would also like to raise now. Uh, during the incident, there was an individual in the street who became very popular on Facebook and other social media platforms, and he's uh, colloquially known as the Trolley Man. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, whilst uh, we all have natural reactions that we want to defend our community and uh, we always want to do something good, maybe his actions initially were were good. We don't know. We, obviously, that needs to be sorted out. But at the end of the day, the police did come. There was plenty of evidence to suggest that he was still trying to fight this bloke. Clearly, he's put himself and other public in, members in danger by doing his, a lot of people are considering his heroic act. Mm. Um, have you got anything to say about, obviously, when something like that happens again, you know, people need to be aware once the police arrive, you need to now step back. It's hard, it's hard because you, you can't teach people to go against their natural instinct mm. and you will have members of the public who I may not realise and certainly not perhaps in this case, but that may be more trained or more qualified than I am, ex-army, ex-military, so, so on and so forth. It's hard to tell people to go against their instinct. Yeah. And that's either fight, flight or freeze. Yeah. And to teach somebody to naturally go against that takes a lot, a long time of um, muscle memory education. Um, police officers are taught to fight. We're not taught to freeze and we're not taught um, to run away. So... It's hard for me to say to him, don't do that again. Or anybody else. Or anybody yeah. else. It is a very, However, very natural action. The only it? thing I would, yeah, the only thing I would ask is that you take it one second and take a breath yeah. before you respond immediately. My biggest concern on the day was when I arrived, that vehicle had flames, you know, five meters in the air. It was engulfed. Now, my initial reaction with that is there might be another explosion. And the propensity for that to happen was very real. It was only by fluke that the it didn't explode further. So that was my concern. So if you're at a fire, be aware that there, there may be things in there that can go up again. I had people very, very close to that, that car that could have been significantly injured or certainly killed because they were, they were too in, engrossed in what was going on. So I, I'm not... It's hard, it's hard for me to give an opinion on that. Obviously, yeah. I don't want the community to be putting themselves in, in danger, but at the same time, I'm aware fully that it's hard to tell somebody to do it, go against their instincts. Um, and every situation is different. And I think I, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw an interview with him where he said I probably would do the same thing again, and that, that's, a just, that's, an, that's his instinct, and I, un, and I understand that, but all I'm saying is just take a breath before you react. We all do that. We all have to just take a, that, just that split second before you make a decision about whether or not this is something that you're capable of being able to defuse. And it's also very real 
that when police arrive and we've got all our different equipment, yeah. that um, other individuals who don't have any weapons yeah. that they can use um, might be put themselves in danger if we're trying to taser someone or yeah. shoot someone. Yeah. Especially with a metallic trolley. Yeah, we don't want someone getting in the way of that. Yeah. So we're worried also about if you miss, you know, if you'd missed with that trolley and taken out the legs of the police the police member, he could have been seriously injured, you know, that there's repercussions. But just take a minute to think before you react, I think. You know, that... I mean, I would use that as a as a. I think everybody age. agrees that you know there's there's clearly a hero uh, element to this guy, you know, kind of good on him in a way. Mm. Nevertheless, it's something that what we could try and get out of this is that we all just need to just talk about it, mm. and and I think what we need to to maybe get out of it and have a bit of a think is that if something like that is going down and the police then turn up with their specialized equipment and specialized training, mm. maybe it is that time to take five and. Step back because you, you know could, what. If you want to help, get it, get out of get the way. Away, because, which is the point. Because and my, you turn up to a job like that, and your first, your first job is to get um, members of the public away, and that's really hard to do because they want to film what's going on and they want to be involved. And but what that does is actually stops me from being able to do my job further. So if you want, if you want to help in those situations, we need, we need everybody to move out of the way. Yeah, we we appreciate people filming Absolutely. because we use that as as evidence. However, they've also put themselves in danger. That that individual could have turned on anyone in the area, and very, people were very very close to where the incident was occurring, mm. and as well as the the vehicle that could have gone up and exploded, and people were being injured by that. So yes, people want to watch, but moving further back is, yeah. is certainly a lot more helpful for your own safety. Yeah. I mm. think, and of course, we sit here with hindsight as well. Of course, but, you know, exactly. You have yeah. to remember, by the, from the time that this first happened to the, we haven't the whole that whole area shut down was twenty minutes. Mm. So, lots of decisions in such a short period of time. Yeah, but you need to protect yourself and then protect others. That's that's what you need to do. Yeah, to help us as well. And once again, worth talking about this. This is yeah what. Uh, we, we make this show so is that you can, you know, we don't want to preach what you should be doing or what you can no, do. No, of course but, not. Um, just take it away and talk, make it a conversation point among your yep. family and friends, which is the important thing. And talking about hundreds of people who witnessed the incident, yeah. first of all, we want to acknowledge that they would have information and evidence that we can use mm-hmm. and we would really encourage people to um, provide that evidence and footage or even witness statements to Victoria Police and you can do that getting onto the Victoria Police Facebook page mm-hmm. or getting onto the Twitter or even contacting Crime Stoppers on one eight hundred triple three triple zero. But there's a there's a link on the police pages that I've mentioned where you can upload those images. Yeah, that's right. And and loads of people have been doing it. It's been great. And and what it does is also um helps everybody be reassured that the police did the right thing on the day. Like I don't mean to be, uh, I don't mean to be pessimistic about, um, you know, sometimes the view that happens after police shootings, but it's quite clear, thanks to the footage, um, that what happened on the day can't be questioned. Exactly. Yeah. Look, we previously about four weeks ago did an episode on professional standard standards command, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I got out of that is when a firearm, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when a firearm is discharged, mm. regardless. Of mm. the situation, mm-hmm. uh, professional standards command now becomes involved. Correct. Uh, the situation is fully investigated and Correct. assessed. Yeah, so. and that can be really very stressful for members. Yeah, considering the circumstances that they've had to discharge their firearm in the first place, um, that can be um, very stressful when when you have to be investigated for it, which we understand needs to be done. But sometimes, uh, like in this circumstance where there's footage available, you know that 
you already have corroborating evidence that everything's going to be okay and you just have to go through the process. So, Gabby, you just mentioned before we are appealing or you are appealing mm-hmm. for witnesses. So yes. uh, what are you looking for? Uh, just again, so everyone's well, clear. Hundreds of people would have been filming mm-hmm. on the day. So everyone who has filmed, we're never going to have too much information or evidence. And we always talk about this on this show. Whatever you have is useful for us. So any any um, film that you've taken or photos that you've taken, please upload it for us to have a look at. Um, we're also aware that people are having very strong emotional and physical reactions to the incident. There were hundreds of people in the city. There's hundreds of people who may not have been here and affected by viewing just the images online. So we've got a, a number of resources for people. Um, we've got Lifeline. Certainly people need to have some someone to talk to who's a prof- professional. So Lifeline's one three double one one four. There's Griefline, one three hundred eight four five seven four five, and Beyond Blue at one three hundred two two four six three six. Because these these incidents are distressing, whether you were here and witnessed them personally or witnessed them online. Myself, I wasn't even here. I didn't react to the incident. However, we're connected with joy. Yeah. We, we are on that street almost every day. So and it's I affected all of that us. That in itself is really important to remember is that because you know that you're in that area quite a lot, that, oh my goodness, that could have been me, that feeling mm. can be just as grieving as actually being here. So- so that your imagination of, oh, that could have been me downstairs, that could have been me that was injured or killed, that could have been me because I'm there every day, can be just as frightening. So don't underestimate the power of a psychologist. Don't underestimate the power of counselling and don't underestimate the power of talking to your workmates and your friends and family about about what's going on and come up with some strategies about how you can move forward because a lot of people will just be uh, pushing on and they'll need to talk about it, and they don't, and then it builds up, and all of a sudden they can't come to the city anymore. No, interesting. And look, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, you know, people have occurrences where they think, you know, I could have been there or not. Mm. Uh, for me, I, I actually got a fright because once I realised where the location of the incident was happening, I went into a little bit of a panic because mm. my family's here, so mm. to speak, and so I'm trying to account for the people who I know are here on a Friday. And mm. it was very reassuring when I did eventually hear their voices, but, yeah, it's a very challenging and can be a can be a, yeah. a very testing time. And for also, you. I mean, the the businesses around here were in lockdown, which means you don't have to stay inside the buildings, and that in itself can be traumatizing because yeah. you, when you're not when you're told you're not allowed to leave something or move, that that can be frightening. And getting information to people can also be, um, you know, difficult. So, you, if you're if you're asked to stay in lockdown and stay in the building, be reassured that's for your safety, but it's also to prevent any contamination of a crime scene so that we can process what we need to do. Trust me, we will get you out as soon as we can. It's always our first priority. And just to finish off the show, just thank you everyone for for the way you responded on the day and I want to acknowledge how brave the police were. Mm. I'm really proud of them. Um, and also, again, come back to the city. It's safe. There are police out on patrol like we do every day. Um, there are additional police because of what's happened and we're there for your safety, not because we are concerned something else will happen. We're there to make to reassure you and make let you know that things are safe and we're there to respond. So when you're out and about, come back to the city, enjoy yourselves, get about your, your normal daily life and have a chat with the police that are walking around. We welcome that. No, look, great to have a chat about this. It's very challenging times for us all here at Mel- in Melbourne and at Joy. Um, Gabby and Beck, you know, I always... When we do the Glow Show, I always like to say on behalf of the LGBTI community, thank you for the love and support you give us. But I think now as a Victorian uh, greater community member, uh, 
and to all the Victorian police. You know, we thank and uh, you all so much for the love, support, and professionalism. And this has clearly been demonstrated uh, last Friday at this horrific incident. Anyway, uh, we will call this a close. Um, yeah, let's hope we all have some better times ahead in Victoria and we aren't faced with such great challenges as what we did last uh, Friday the 9th. Uh, this is The Glow Show. Uh, you enjoy 94.9. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tayak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.